Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling night at the Push Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording, Kyle Reed returns to the stage to tell us a story about how sometimes you have to get away from it all in order to appreciate all that you have. So, as Brendan alluded to, my last story was a little embarrassing. Um, and it's, it's kind of weird because we were talking about it when we have, like, before storytellers, we have a meeting and we kind of talk about our stories and see what's going on. They're like, wow, this does not sound like the same person who had the glitter dick story. Like, what the fuck? So there's something I came to realize about myself is that I have two settings and it's, there's no middle. It's over here or over here. So my last story, I was over here. And it was about years and years that I spent just kind of fucking my life up. <clears throat> and then um, one fateful glitter-filled evening, <laughs> I decided that maybe, maybe it was time for a change. And it was, wasn't immediate. Um, it was gradual. It took forever. But I got there. I got my shit together. Um, and I thought I was doing really well for myself. I was doing really well for myself. Things were going great. I had a good job. I was getting an education. I wasn't getting glitter on my dick. Um, every day that happens, definitely a win. But um, I still felt restless. I, I felt like I wasn't doing enough. You know, I wanted to be here, but I was still only like right here. And I didn't feel like I could do that. Like I could get to where I wanted to go being where I was, which is a lovely neighborhood in Norfolk called Ocean View. Um, which, by the way, I love living in Ocean View. Ocean View is awesome. As long as you don't drive down the wrong street at night. <clears throat> but um, there's a story about that. Listen to the podcast. It's really funny. <clears throat> this guy. Actually... You were talking right about, like, I lived on Second Bay in East Ocean View. Yeah, yeah. And you went down, like, Pretty Lake, probably. I don't know why they call it that. Um, so I was ready to get out. I was like, I, I didn't care where. I would pull Facebook and be like, hey, what do you guys think about Pittsburgh? What do you guys think about Austin? Like, please, somebody take me the fuck out of wherever the hell it is I am. And um, so one day I showed up to work, and I was like, oh, there's a job in San Francisco. I've never been there, but it seems like a good place to go. A lot of people have fun there, from what I read on the internet. I applied for it. And um, I got the job. <clears throat> and I had never been there before. And the day after I applied for the job, it <clears throat> and now mind you, I had nothing like had all of my closest friends here. My whole support structure was derived from people. Um, I never really had a whole lot of really close friends growing up, but the people that I met in my, after the glitter incident, <clears throat> it was like it's like this post, like this epoch in my life where after like post glitter and pre like like anti glitter <clears throat> and post glitter. So. In like the year like five PG, um, between like zero PG and five PG, I made a lot of really really close friends, lovely humans 
who actually cared about me for who I was and not what I could provide for them. And that was the one thing that was keeping me in this place. And I realized that I needed to live somewhere where I didn't have that, where I had to rely on myself, which is fucking terrifying to be like, hey, the only person who's got my best interest in mind is me. Like, nobody's going to save me. I have no safety net. I don't have family that can help me. I don't have, like, a friend across the street who I can be like, hey, dude, do you want to come over and hang out and, like, watch Netflix because, like, this shit sucks. <clears throat> but I needed it. I needed it to know that I could do it. And, um, and I was ready to give that up. I didn't have a girlfriend, hadn't dated for eight years, terrified of dating. Like, it literally, like, drove me crazy, like, to even the concept of being with another person knowing that I didn't know that I could take care of myself without that safety net. So the day after I applied for this job, uh, I get a Facebook message from this girl that I knew. And she asked me if I want to go out and have a beer. And I was like, oh, all right, sure. So <laughs> I meet her, we go out on a date. And all of our friends were there, our mutual friends. And it was super awkward. We were just kind of like making eyes at each other, pretending like nobody else really knows what the fuck's going on, but they all knew. And um, we go on a second date. And it was probably the best second date I've ever had in my entire life. One, I didn't pass out drunk. <laughs> Two, I didn't get glitter on my dick. <laughs> um, but it was wonderful. And I'm like, shit, I'm leaving. I'm going to San Francisco. And I just met this wonderful person who actually makes me rethink my whole, like, juvenile commitment phobe like mentality that I've been holding on to for the last eight years. What am I going to do? And um, it was hard. I, I, I was afraid to leave. I was afraid. It made me doubt leaving my friends because I needed those people in my life. And I knew that if I left, that they would still be there. But it was just like this weird spiral of anxiety of like, hey, well, they'll still be there, but will they really be there in the same capacity? Are they still going to, like, is, are they going to be my friends without being able to put that amount of maintenance into that relationship? And the thought of losing that connection was terrifying. And then the thought of losing this prospect of being with somebody was equally terrifying. Because <clears throat> this is something that I've been waiting for. Like, that level of, holy shit, like, this is it. And um, I didn't know what to do. But I stuck to my guns. I knew that this is something that I needed to do. And uh, to put it into perspective, like, she took me to the airport the day that I left. Because I did decide to leave. And um, I did probably... Shannon told me I'm a lesbian <laughs> when I told her this. So... So, um, and it, 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 was, it was hilarious, and I, and I laughed. So the day that she took me to the airport, um, I was a, just a mess, just a total fucking mess. And uh, I took a box, a white box, and in the box I made a kite about this big, and I put it in the box. And I made two butterflies, origami butterflies, and I put them in the box because there was a song that she had sent me before. It was a Tori Amos song, which is probably the most lesbian thing I've ever done in my entire life. 
Um, it's called Sleeps With Butterflies. And there's a lyric about not holding on to the tail of your kite string and, um, you know, airplanes take you away again, but, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm worth coming home to. And I wrote her a note that said, airplanes take me away again, but I'll always smile at the thought of you. And I put it in the box and I tied it up and I left it in the car seat while she took me to the airport. Because um, that was me letting go, saying, look, this is, if I stay, it's not going to be for me. And uh, I can't, I can't have that. I can't ruin it by, the, with the possibility that I may regret staying in five years. I can't have that on me because it's going to tie me down and make me feel like I'm here for the wrong reasons. And um, she took me to the airport, obviously went in. The ticket clerk, like, saw my big, giant, dumb, weeping ass standing there, like, and was just like, yeah, whatever, dude, here's, you got a ticket, go. I'm not even going to look at your ID. Just get the hell out of here. Um, And I went to San Francisco. Never been there before in my entire life. I've been to California once, ever, and here I was in a brand new place, never having been there, and I get picked up from the airport by my coworker. He takes me to go pick up my car, and I'm there for about 10 minutes, and a woman with zebra pants on knocks on my window and asks me if I want a blowjob. <laughs> and I'm like, well, shit, I could have stayed in Ocean View. So, but I stayed. I didn't go back to Ocean View because this was that next level shit. I mean, it was um, it was a wonderful place. And you know what? Being without that that support structure, that that those people that I relied on, and having to just be a fucking wreck and lonely and scared on my own, and pick myself up and figure out how to like just adult was wonderful and awful at the same time. Would not do it again in a heartbeat. But I needed it. And uh, it lasted about seven months. Um, I stayed in San Francisco for seven months before I was like, you know what, fuck this, I'm going back. Um, and just the same as I left her, she came and picked me up. And we drove back. And uh, it was on the drive back that I realized that I was like, you know, this is, this is what freedom is. It's choice. It's the, I didn't stay because I felt like I had to like, see what this was. Like, I left because I knew I needed to go, but I, now I'm coming back because I want to come back. I don't want to be gone. I want to be right here where, exactly where I'm going. It wasn't, there was no, you need to do this. You got to see what's on the other side. It's like, no, I don't need to do shit. <clears throat> I want to do this. Let's just pick me up. And we drove back cross country, which was awesome for like the first 2,000 miles. <laughs> After that, it kind of it was pretty terrible. Uh, once you get, so we drove back and our, uh, we went to Virginia City, Nevada. And it was about six in the morning, Mark Twain Saloon, you know. Um, and I asked her to marry me in the Mark Twain Saloon at six in the morning after about three Bloody Marys. 
And I'm a total dick also, in case, like, just as a disclaimer. So when she picked me up and got in the car, I took the ring out of my pocket and put it in the cup holder and made her look at the box the entire trip to, from San Francisco to Virginia City. <laughs> so, um, so we did that. And we made it about another 1,200 miles before we actually got married. Um, by the mayor of Deadwood, Chuck Turboville, who's a very sweet man. So we drove from Virginia City to Deadwood, and then after that, it was just kind of a, like, it was the same shit. The country kind of sucks in between the Badlands and West Virginia. But came back, and uh, I had bought a house um, that I hadn't seen before. <laughs> I was like, hey, I'm going to move back, and I let's buy a house. So here's power of attorney, go buy a house. And um, I came back and I, w- I had this house. I was married. It was fucking bizarre. And I realized that I had spent an entire chunk of my life being trying to simplify things. I mean, like, I don't want to be tied down. I don't want to have a girlfriend. I don't want this because it's going to make me feel like I'm like in a box and confined by these bullshit social expectations of I need to do this and I need to do that and I don't like anybody telling me that I need to do a fucking thing so I try to keep it simple I try to keep it to where everything that I needed in my life I could fit in the trunk of my car and I could get up and fucking go to San Francisco in a heartbeat if I felt like it and then I realized that that wasn't freedom that was me just sabotaging myself still it was the same same me that was doing the same things that I was doing before and it took me doing the opposite to realize that freedom isn't what you have or being tied down or this, your situation. It, it's just your state of mind, whether or not you are putting your energy into something that you choose to do or not choose to do. And once I realized that, life was great. And I was able to smile and not feel bad about it. So that's it. If you want to be free, make the choice. If you want to be happy, make the choice. And that's all you can expect because nobody's going to give it to you. This moving across country isn't going to make it happen. You can sit right where you're at and decide, you know what? I'm going to put my mental energy into this and make it so. Thank you. That was Kyle Reeves talking about coming home. Thanks for telling your story, Kyle. I'm Deb Markham, and you've been listening to Tell Me More Live. If you'd like to join us at the live event or help out in any way, visit tellmemorelive.org. We will find our online submission and contact forms, a schedule of upcoming shows, and more storyteller podcasts. Thanks for listening, and remember, a happy ending always depends on where the story ends.